to Beyond the Ring, a podcast that covers all things in the stock show industry from the informative to the insane, starring Ryan Rash, those who don't believe in magic will never find it, and Dale Hummel. You should not do things just because they are different. They need to be better. Now on with the show. Welcome to Beyond the Ring. This is Dale Hummel, along with co-star Ryan Rash. Hello, hello, hello. Ryan, I suggest the world is fairly calm this week. Let's go straight to the main topic. <laughs> You're so funny. I have not watched much of the news. You're so funny. What do you have for us? I have some opinions on the big picture of the world. You're really serious that nothing's going on in the world. We're like on the verge of World War Three, sir. And I, I want to address that if you, if you don't mind. And, like, I'm not joking. I'm not being funny. No. We are literally on the verge of World War III. There, there's, there's, and, and I've, I've thought through this in detail every night before I fall asleep. This is why you haven't been watching the news. It's, but yeah, and, and I, I did not, I mean, I've seen the news in the background. I have it on in the background, but haven't paid as much attention as sometimes. But and and I well the Astros lost in case you were wondering that was very no no that was not not on my radar not even close so China China is not going to use a nuclear weapon they want to take over the world they don't want to destroy the world does someone like Iran or your nut Kim Jong Jim Yu North Korea or a terrorist Rocket Man you can't ever get his name (laughs) yes Rocket Man. There are, there are those out there that would use nuclear weapons. I do not believe it to be China. I do not believe it to be Russia. But we are soon to have nuclear weapons in a lot of other hands. Um, and I think Iran and North Korea are going to be those that place the weapons in the hands of other terrorist groups. And I consider those two countries basically terrorist groups, even though they're a solvent nation. The other thing that I wanted to address, and this is going to be a little bit of a rant, and, and I don't know that it's, it's actual current news, but in the big picture of things, we're stretched on our conventional weapons. Would you agree, Ryan? We have weapons go to the Mediterranean, weapons go into the Gulf, weapons, in theory, ships heading over towards Taiwan. We're, we're trying to, to manage the Ukraine issue. There's a lot of things going on there. Mm. And while, while we're stretched that far out, China is kicking the shit out of us from a cyber warfare standpoint every single day. By funding anyone and everyone that can do anything to bring down the U.S., whether it's the drug cartel supplying fentanyl ingredients to them in Mexico, to funding, fund or siphoning money into Russia for the the Ukraine war, and guess who's behind funding Iran? Besides Obama giving them a bunch of green cash for a nuclear deal that didn't work, and Biden releasing six billion dollars for a few hostages. China is also behind that. They're going to they're going to be Now they have like 100 something hostages by the way. <laughs> yeah. So Iran is funding Hamas and Hezbollah. China is funding Iran and guess who's funding China? We are. Yeah. The consumers, us, the US population, every single listener. I'm still not getting rid of my iPhone. I'm not. I understand. And and I and I'm I'm gonna try to be more realistic because I, I am as guilty as anyone that I will end up purchasing items and when that when I when they arrive, I'll see made in China on it and it upsets me. But I have to be more diligent on trying to find those products that are not. And and sometimes you will not have a choice. And that is ridiculous that 
if we could bring manufacturing from China back to the Americas, I'm not saying the U.S. necessarily. Let's let's bring it back here to, to Mexico, Central America, South America, even Canada and the U.S. If our lazy ass populace would get off their ass and be willing to work and not sit around for entitlements, we could do this. Without that happening, we're, we're screwed because we continue to fund China, who continues to fund all of our, our enemies and to continue to bring down the U.S. And for some reason, the populace, the, the politicians, everyone seems to be either blind to this or they don't think it's real. And I promise you, it is real. In Ryan's statement that we're on the verge of a World War III, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with that. I think I, I can take it a step farther. I think we're already there. From a cyber warfare standpoint, from a bio weapons standpoint, I think China is already doing everything possible to take us out. They're just not going to do it in a conventional war fashion. And I think they're smart in the direction they're taking, and they're very diligent on sticking to their plan that they have. That's my rant. Mm, well, that's good. Do you feel better now? No, I'm sure the listeners feel no. so much better. My heart rate's up you. a little bit. No, I, I, I hope I hope it resonates with one person out there that I can get somebody on my team to, to at least pay attention to what they're purchasing and the fact that we are funding our own demise. And that that is ignorance at the, the highest level. OK, well, I have different things because, again, I, I the World War Three of it all is scary. But so it, back to the presidential race, I, I need I need to inform you about. Some of your boyfriends, because you have two. Anyway, Viagra Ramshackle, your biggest boyfriend. <laughs> no, I, he's kind of been off the. I haven't even seen him um, I, off the. Well, he he is one of three that have qualified for the third debate. Your other boyfriend, DeSantis, Nikki, and him. And so, anyway, so there's only he, three right now in the third debate. I wasn't even that aware qualified. Of that. Yes, yes. And others still have a chance to qualify. Yeah, but or they're not going to make it. <laughs> that, that's pretty they much. They still it, have a chance, think. but they're not going to make it. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that's good um, that they they narrow it down. Anyway, Viagra, he has now gone on record saying, and let me get this. Like, I want to make sure that I that the notion of the United States reevaluating its United Nations membership or potentially pulling out of NATO is completely reasonable. Okay. Do Do you have any thoughts on that, sir? Well, one of your heroes said that as well. He did not pull out of NATO. He absolutely, at one point, and I, and I don't disagree with him. I think NATO is sometimes a, a problem. And what Trump said is the rest of NATO needs to pull their own weight. Yes, or he is out. He is not contributing any further. So so paraphrase it, whatever. And, and I agree with him, and I, I'm glad he said that. I don't think that we should pull out of NATO. I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one, and Viagra is probably a little far off. But all of those... He also... He also said last night, and I watched this, said that if he was the president of the United States right now, that he would not be sending aid to Israel unless they met his conditions. Now, he couldn't explain what his conditions were, but... I mean, if, if they were reasonable conditions, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I mean, they, they can't stop them from a ground invasion, which... I believe the Biden administration is the reason that there has not been a ground invasion, good or bad. I think there's pressure coming from them to not do that, but that's not the face they're putting on publicly. Just Joe's face when he wasn't 
Well, no, no, Joe, Joe doesn't know anymore. No, he doesn't. He really he, doesn't. First, he went over there to Israel for seven and a half hours, and he was like, we stand with Israel. Now, last yesterday, he said he wanted a ceasefire. So he's very confused. But then they came and corrected him, didn't the The defense secretary? They tried. Yes. Tried. But, <laughs> but he said they wanted a ceasefire. So, again. Joe doesn't little, know. Did you see Joe a, on the He's uh, a little confused on it all. I saw a picture of Joe on the beach again. Windy, oh, windy uh, beach. Sure. Walking down the beach. Not walking. Just kind of. Gimping. <laughs> not, not, I don't know how to. No, it was, it was a fairly. There was motion. It just wasn't very stable. If if he was uh, an animal, I don't even know how you describe it. Not even arthritic. Just just no balance. No cognitive ability to control his muscles. The only other thing that I have on the president's race, and I'm going to talk a little bit about the speaker. Uh, so a new poll came out, and I shared this poll with Dale, which he did not read it. As I said, he would not. I, I had the to first explain paragraph. To <laughs> right. So, new poll came out. I believe it was the New York Post. So, again, this is not Trump territory at all. And in a three-way race with Trump, Biden, and independent Mr. RFK Jr., Trump is winning at 39%. Uh, Joe has 33%. And miraculously, RFK, I think, was at 20 That doesn't surprise me at all. I think it's the perfect and, storm for him. And then... Nine percent or something. I, I I remember nine percent said they were unsure, but then they asked the nine percent if you had to make a choice today, who would it be? Forty-seven percent of the nine percent that were unsure chose Trump. What if RFK pulls out? Where was the head RFK's head? not pulling out? He announced his bid. What if it was head to head? I assume Trump still wins against Biden. In that poll, yes, but it was by a smaller percentage, right? But anyway. I, I so just, it goes, I guess I was just pointing out the fact I believe RFK helps Trump get to the presidency. I can't believe that RFK is at 20% in a national deal. And again, I, I am like. How can you How can you not believe that? Look at the mess. Look, we, the Republican Party cannot even put a speaker in place. Oh, I don't even want to talk about those idiots. The, Dem- the Democrats have got incognitive Joe running. Why would you not as a, as. Somebody that doesn't live, breathe politics, you look in it from the outside. Why would you want either party right now? No, you probably shouldn't, but I, I there has not been a third party candidate gather this much support since Ross Perot, and I don't even think he got that high. He, he he had the most in recent history, but he wasn't this high. I, I don't yeah. believe either. He wasn't even close, so, I don't think. Good for RFK. But and um, you know what? And, and I, I don't know that he'll follow through on what he says, but he appears to be pretty stubborn about things and pretty independent in his thinking. Um, and you've kind of been a fan of him from the beginning. I once am you a figured fan. Out, once you figured out who he was you know, there for a while, you didn't know he existed. But yes, and, and I think he speaks to a, a large portion of the population. Do I want him as the next president? Absolutely not. I think we desperately need Trump or a very strong conservative in there. However. I would take him a hundredfold before Biden or any of the others that they would, would try to push in. If he actually would do what he says he wants to do, I would be perfectly fine with him being the president. My problem is that he is now not, I mean, the Democrats never accepted him, but now he's completely alienated them by running as an independent and potentially taking voters away from the democratic party 
And so I, I just think that it would be very hard for him to be effective in his position. And I think it's going to be hard for him to get much more of the vote when they can't even, they're not, the populace is not exposed to him. They will not allow him on a debate stage. I don't think they'll be. Oh, they're a not going to have debates. debate. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're, they. They can't allow Joe to get up there. They yeah, can't. They're not having debates now. So would and, would there be a chance that Trump would debate RFK without Joe? Maybe. I, I don't know if that's a smart thing to do because you're going to beat up on each other and Joe's sitting out there. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But but I, I'm with you. They're not going to let Joe on. They will not let Joe on stage. They no. will not. And you know, I'm gonna be honest that that is partially Trump's fault for not participating in the Republican debate. That gave him the window. I mean, yeah. he skipped he skipped all these debates, so Joe can now say, "Well, I don't have to debate you either. I've already done it." But so I'm gonna uh, assume Trump is not considering the third debate. I have no. no he is already uh, he's planning a rally in Florida. So these events or rallies that he's planned during the debates, I don't know that they've gotten a lot of traction. No, they haven't. Not not with the national media. I'm not saying at the event itself it wasn't good, but that's irrelevant. It'll be interesting if it is just Viagra and DeSantis and Nikki Haley in the in the third debate. I, I think that will be interesting because they will get a lot more time to, you know, answer questions, speak their views, all this other stuff. I personally think Nikki Haley will mop the floor with both I of them. I think if she comes and, across a little more pleasant, she will. And, and I think DeSantis I think that will, be will the probably end. hurt himself. For Viagra. <laughs> he does not he does not need that much time to talk at all. No, I think he'll come across he will speak well, but what comes out of his mouth will offend people. But uh and DeSantis will just look like a person you don't that has no personality. No. And then the speaker race, for all you people that griped about the speaker race, well we talked about the speaker race last week and it didn't work. So here we are. Uh they this kicked is embarrassing. Jim- they they kicked Jim Jordan out because he because he's had too three conservative, votes. too intelligent, stands his ground. What I, other I reasons am, were there? I am very 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 sad that Jim Jordan did not get elected speaker because I thought if he got elected speaker and he did a good job, that would be the perfect platform to parallel him into the presidential race in twenty twenty eight. It's very sad that he didn't. Uh, I am a big Jim Jordan fan, but he didn't. Get the votes, so they kicked him out. And now we have nine people running for speaker. <laughs> this this is this is really sad. So those that are holding out, those that originally ousted our former speaker, I appreciate independent thinking and I, I support that and I, I am as big a proponent of it as as anyone. However, when we go beyond closed doors or behind closed doors and we take a vote as a Republican Party, those in the House of Representatives, as a unified Republican Party, and whatever candidate, even though they do not do not get all of their votes, comes out on top, Ryan, there is no excuse at this point for anyone that sways away from that. There, there just is not. You can't justify it for the betterment of the country in any manner. There is no explanation. Yeah, and I guess they had another whatever this morning between the nine candidates and Tom Emmer has emerged as the winner. And Tom Emmer. Yeah. Please help me. Please help me with this one. All I understand is he was the majority whip at some point, maybe right now. I don't know, but 
uh, he did not come close to having a majority. But again, there was nine people running. My problem is we've had this meeting twice before. We had this meeting, they voted for Scalise, and then they said, no, we're not going to vote for you. Then we had this meeting, and we voted for Jordan. And obviously, that didn't work. So what makes us think that this person is going No, right, to- right now, there is nobody that's electable. There isn't until the party comes together and pulls their head out of their ass and oh, votes oh, for whoever d- gets d- Oh, you, you want to? Okay, here you go. He got 90 votes. Johnson got 37, Donald's got 33, Hearn got 31, Scott got 14, Bergman got seven, two presents, and three others. You see, and I don't even know, I, I don't know much about those names you just read off for the most part. Uh, okay. And, and well, I have Donald's, nothing, nothing for or against them. I just, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So Donald's is from Florida, I'm pretty sure. And uh, he's, 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 a, he's in his first term. I mean, I like him, but... Uh, this is a mess. So again, I don't see this going anywhere. I think the best idea that I heard and it didn't get any traction was to bring Newt Gingrich back and let him be speaker. I was all. I think I, I would be all in on that. And they they maybe I, I don't think they I don't I don't think there's anybody that's electable. There is. So we're just not going to have Congress anymore. Bye. <laughs> I think this is suicide for the Republican Party. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, in. The Democrats are going to use this against them, so we won't have a majority the next time. It will not, but no, they they will. And and I haven't been watching the liberal media, but I'm sure they're all over this. Oh yes, yeah, looks like a bunch of idiots. But anyway, that that, and you know is, what? I I I can't even disagree with them on. This. Oh, I'm not defending them at all. This is dumb. I mean, again, it was bad enough. In January, when it took 15 rounds of voting to get McCarty in, this is even worse than that. Because at least they stayed with the same person and fought it out till it was over. They can't, they, this is just absolute insanity. What's going on right now? So how many, how many voted McCarty out? How many had to jump ship to get him out? Was there eight? Eight Republicans voted to oust him. Yes. Okay. So here's here's a thought, and I, and I think I heard this somewhere on the news. What about a full circle coming back to McCarty going in, and those eight trying to redeem themselves for being such idiots and, and putting ourselves in this position that enough of them would actually vote for McCarty now to get back in because what they've accomplished is political suicide for the party. I do not give a shit who they pick at this point because my pick was Jordan and he's out. I don't care who it is at this point. If they want to put McCarty back in there, go right ahead. But like, they just have to have somebody pick somebody. Damn it. <laughs> a warm body. I do not so, care. So I heard one of the media talk about Newt maybe coming in there. And I, I agree. He would, I I'm all in there. If, if he, if he was willing to do it and can get the vote, I just don't think these people are going to, I, I can't even I can't even put into words the disappointment that I have with the ignorance that's going on there. It's 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 way way way. way well, for not not having much for current events this week, it went kind of long, right? <laughs> yeah, because again, as you said, nothing is going on in the world at all. Period. Nothing. Do you have Do you have some positive BT? J-L-A-B-T-R-J-L-A news. I'm going to try to do better at this than I did last week, because last week it was terrible. Did you look at the names before? 
Did you? Look uh, so <laughs> novice goat is what we're doing today. The top ten, current top ten in novice goat. Emma Bradley from California is first. Bryson Park is second from Indiana. Third place, Colton Thanky from Indiana. Fourth place, Jolene Park from Indiana. Indiana is like whipping the ass in the goats. Eli Hambrick of Arizona is number five. Number six is Spencer Bear. Oh, and Eli, yeah, I said Arizona. Spencer Bear from Virginia, followed by Clayton Knotts of West Virginia. Parks Payton of Montana. Number nine is Shelby Shiflet, or Shiflet, excuse me, of Virginia. And number 10 is Lakin Piper of West Virginia. So congratulations to those kids who are currently the top 10 in the Novice GOAT standings. I would like to thank our corporate sponsor for the last two years and one of Dale's favorite products and people, Showcoat, for being a very valued BTRJLA sponsor for the past two years, champion improved for years, show coat manufactures the best award-winning livestock grooming products for show cattle, goats, horses, sheep, and swine, no matter where you are in the country, no matter what species you have in the barn, if you're looking for the winning edge, the advanced shag strategy developed by show coat solutions will change your hair growing routine overnight. Step-by-step instructions partnered with free product application videos and game-changing customer service will have you wondering why you haven't tried the highest quality all-natural products in the industry. Be a bench warmer no more. Invest your time and energy in the regimen for your barn and routine with the help of experts. Uh, Get real-time feedback and questions answered from the folks who created it. Wait no more. Check out Showcoat Solutions Strategy Products, Shag Strategy Products on www.showcoat.com. Thank you, Showcoat. I have two points to make. Oh, Jesus. This is not, this is, you don't get to make points. Yeah. The first, the the reason you picked Novice Goat, I know why. I go in order. No, those are the easiest names to pronounce after last week. You felt like a fool. So you found an easy one to pronounce. That is why. Secondly, I did Novice Sheep last week. I did Novice Goat this week. I would like to make a comment about Show Coat. Yes. So there, there are a lot of families out there that do a phenomenal job in whatever species with skin and hair conditioning. And there's a lot. Please do not offend my sponsors. Well, let me finish. There are a lot of management protocols, different management protocols to accomplish the same end goal. And many of them work, but I I can go on record and and we use show coat in our barn in terms of skin and hair conditioning and the ability to train hair and everything positive going towards that look that we want in the show ring. Very simple. I mean, maybe the easiest protocol you, you could have to use show code every time you get them in the wash rack or up on the stand, that, that's a no-brainer. Um, I'm not saying there aren't other products out there that, that can accomplish some similar results, but this is absolute, no question, easy. Okay, with that, I also am a strong believer in ShowFresh H2O as they continue to support this podcast each and every week. If you want a simple solution to increase water consumption while it shows, I strongly encourage you to give ShowFresh H2O a try. This is not snake oil. They do not make outrageous claims. It is simple. ShowFresh H2O neutralizes the chlorine in city water and the animals are more willing to drink. You can purchase ShowFresh H2O at the local farm store, supply trailer, or at swampfox.com. It is time 
Yes. I love the title of this one. I, I didn't care what you put in as, as <laughs> material. The title alone had me. Don't I, I, what, I am doesn't telling care you. what we say as long as so, it's the title. So can, I, can I proclaim that I am, I am racist? We're very well aware. Towards ignorance. Not not a color of skin. Not even. I'm not even. I don't even know that I'd be considered a homophobe. I'm not considered the with your still out se- se- sexual preference, color of skin, or anything like that. But ignorant, ignorance, and lazy. I I am very prejudiced towards the title. Common sense, Ryan. You came up with it. I'll let you. I'll let you lead it. I just think that it, this this uh, to some of y'all this is going to sound real stupid and simple and all this other stuff but like I do think that sometimes we do not use enough common sense when we are at a show. And so I I just thought that I and Dale if he can like focus and throw some things in here everyone's like just give a few common sense tips that will not only make your show experience for you and your animal and your family better, but it will make it for a better show atmosphere as well because it will help things all the way around run smoother. So that that's where I was going for this. I think Dale has totally different direction. No, he wants I, to go. I would like to go to just the whole world, everything common sense. However, I, I think it's good to stay with the livestock show ring and, and kind of go, go that direction. I think that, it's very simple. I think everything that we do should be based on common sense. Everything you feed, do, or put into an animal, any effort you put out towards that show animal needs to be done for a purpose. Not because you saw somebody else do it, not because this or that advertisement told you to do it, but rather think through each and everything that you do and think, well, what what is the purpose I'm doing this? Whether it's using show coat to train the hair and condition the skin, whether it's using show fresh H2O to increase water consumption, those two have very clear defined purposes. Okay. That that's easy. When we get into some of the different drench products, we get into some of the different feed supplements and even feeding rations. Sometimes I think we're, we're doing things and we're not even sure how it all works. So if we can't bio, if it's a feeding regime or a supplement, if you don't understand biochemically at some level, how this works, not just that if we feed this, you're going to clean the jaw up and give them a bigger ass and give them more body, do a thousand different things all in one. I promise you it doesn't, it doesn't work that way. So I'm all in on, on your common sense and I will keep it livestock show ring based, right? I promise. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, again, um, and I'm probably going to jump around a little bit here, but I, I, I'm trying to keep this within the confines of a show and Again, not only just to help you, but to help everybody at the show. And one thing, and some of these might be pet peeves of mine. I'll just be honest with you. But again, I think I think several. (laughs) When you go to the show and you're there and especially it doesn't matter when the check in time is. But most of these jackpot shows, they let you check in or turn in your weight cards or weigh in or whatever the morning of the show. Why? Everyone waits to the last 10 minutes to do this is beyond me. I, I don't, I, your, your animal isn't going to change weight in an hour or, you know, the registration papers for your heifer aren't going to like magically change in, once you get there. So to help make everything more efficient, 
just go check in before when it starts or, you know, way before the last 10 minutes. Because what you don't understand is when you and everyone else decide to check in at the last 10 minutes, all of that information has to be entered into the program that these people at the show are using to make class breaks, all this other stuff. And when everybody waits to the end, that delays the process, which delays the show, which means that you're going to be there longer. And it all started because you waited till the bitter end to go check in when and, you didn't have to. And, and personally, this is one of those pet peeves that affects you. Huh? This affects you personally. Uh, it, it, but it affects everybody. Yes. And being you, you, uh, you as a judge now don't start on time. I realize that. I said the show doesn't start on time. Everybody has to be there longer. And it's real simple. You can go at the start. You can go at the middle. But everybody piles in in the last 10 minutes. And I have just never understood that. And it's a very easy fix. And again, it will help everything stay, start on time, continue on time. If you just change this one little thing, that one little thing. And again, I get at the beginning. Probably the line is large, but you can go up there and check. And when the line's gone down, you can go in there and all this other stuff. Because the line at the end is going to be large, too, because everybody waits to the last minute. So just do it at the start. Again, common sense. I'm I'm in. I, I think it's very simple. But again, it does not happen that often. Uh Also, everybody the adage there is no stupid question whatever everybody's gonna have a question for show management at a show and i i get that go ask those questions before the show starts and not when we're in the middle of it ask them if there's going to be a lunch break ask them you know are we still starting at 10 30 you know whatever question you have whether it's a fitting question uh, anything go ask those beforehand don't run up there when you're now midway into it and be like oh by the way and these people are trying to run a ring two rings all this other stuff whatever ask all those questions that you have before now i know there's going to be things that pop up during the show that may have to be addressed during or asked during there but there are also a ton of things that you can ask before the show even starts would it be much better for you your animal, your kid, and also for show management because that is when they have the most time to answer said questions. That seems very simple to me, Ryan. Common sense, simple. I'm a fan. Huge <laughs> fan. <laughs> see, this is see. Dale is really wanting to go off on a different direction, so he's just going to agree with no, me I, on everything. I, no, and I, 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 do, I think these are all good things. There's, there's one thing that bothers me as much as any, and, and, and this is. Maybe not as down to earth, practical, simple, but but it should be uh, ring awareness on the exhibitor's part. How often are are you going through the motions, Ryan? And that that exhibitor doesn't realize that you're looking at the front end or you're coming up to handle and and just doesn't doesn't get it. Or and I, I want to take it down to a uh, a micro level. Let's think about all those exhibitors, and it's a big class, and you're down on the far end. And the exhibitor is, is a long ways away from you. You can't see that one. Those 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 kids need to relax a little bit and let that animal chill just a little bit versus going 100% hard all the time because in, in the market, lamb and goat ring, especially, or driving a hog even, they're not going to hold up. 
They're they're just not. So let's let's let them take that break when they can. But it goes back to Ryan when we've how many times have we said go up and watch a class or two before you go in the ring? Oh yeah, that's on the list too. But I I I agree. Ring awareness is something that everybody needs that, to work that on. That sorts that sorts those exhibitors, in my opinion. Their ability to perform in the ring. Ring awareness is maybe at the top of mine. Yeah, I mean it's definitely a thing that everybody can should take very seriously. Um, and I, I'm going to go on the sermon of watching class here to map. I'm just trying to go in order of how you should do things at the show. So <clears throat> you've checked in, you've asked your questions. The next thing that's going to happen is they're going to post the show order and the class breaks. People are human. They, they, they just are. There are mistakes made. So you have to go up there. And you have to check the class break. Make sure your animal's in the right breed. Make sure that animal's birth date or weight or whatever is correct. And you're in the class that you should be. If you're not, then again, go point that out to the show management right then. So you can get it fixed before the show. Do not wait till you go up there and like, oh, well, we saw this. I, I, this 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 happens. I'm not joking. Yeah, we saw that we were in the wrong class, but we didn't tell y'all till we got up here. But we're not supposed to be in that class. That doesn't work. <laughs> it just does not work. But uh, so check the class breaks, check the show order. Also, take pictures of those class breaks and those show order. Count the number of animals that are going to show before you. This is valuable information to know. So you can use that in terms of when you need to get your animal ready, when you need to start, all this other stuff. I, it sounds so simple, but I promise you, it, it is a very, very valid, very important tool at a show of any size. It does not matter what size the show is to know how many are before you and if you're in the right class. Excellent. Excellent. So we're, we're trying to go in order. I, I, I should have spoke up earlier. Oh, okay. Cause this is, this maybe is the very beginning one. So after we've hauled these animals for hundreds of miles, if, if we go from here, to, we've, we've shown at cow palace or Phoenix, that, that is a long drive, Ryan long. I know you fly everywhere. You never drive that far ever, but it is a long drive. I wouldn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> so when these animals show up, what, what is hard for me to understand, anytime that we, we go a, a distance at all, when we get to the show, it's important for me to feel better at least. And I think for the animal, let's let them chill, relax, rest, sleep, whatever we can do, rather than, than bothering them nonstop with whatever we want to do, getting them on the stand or, or washing or whatever. If, if there is time, let's allow those animals to rest once you get to the show. And I think in the process of packing your trailer and doing everything that you can preparing to go to the show, let's think about how can we keep these animals on feed and water at the show as best possible. We talked about show fresh H2O. We talk about different, different things, but if we can use the same water bucket from home, if we can use the same feeder, if we can keep everything as similar as we have it at home, would you not assume they're more likely to stay on feed and yes. water? Yes. And how often do you see this done? Not much. <laughs> no. And, and there may be some animals that have been hauled enough that they're fine. They're, they're going to be just fine. And, and I understand that. But in some situations, especially the first few shows or, or one of those shows that you, you've targeted as your major show, 
I just don't understand why we don't do everything physically possible to make that as comfortable of an experience for those animals as, as, as we can to better our results. Agreed. So again, now the show, if we're trying to go in order here, now the show's about to begin. And so when we're doing this, our group, whatever, I'm going to be honest with you. The most important person at the show to me is the person that I send to the stands to let report back to us on what's being judged, what class is in there, all this other stuff. And maybe not everybody has a big enough group that they can do this, but you can have someone that is designated. Not everybody's going to be fitting that animal, but you can have someone that is designated that every 10 or 20 minutes they go up to the show ring they, and they find out exactly what class number's in the ring and they report back. Because let's be honest, people, even the really nice facilities in the world, a lot of times you can't hear the announcements over the loudspeaker. You can't hear them say class 26, last call, all this other stuff. So having someone that it is their designated job to be the one to keep up with, whether they're sitting in the stands or they're going checking, what class is in there and sending that text back to the everybody else, that's probably one of the most valuable people on the team and they don't even know it. No, I, I agree. I panic without it. I'm running back and forth to look. If you've got that extra person, great. And you know what I really, really appreciate? When there's an app that I, that are updating us via text or you can check. Love it. Yeah. Uh, those shows that send out text messages saying, you know, class four coming to the ring. I think that's great. I do. I, I, I think it's wonderful. I think it's very beneficial, very helpful. I will also tell you... And this is probably going to offend people. I still want my own person up there. <laughs> I, I understand that. <laughs> I, st- I still want my own person up there that I know is on top of it. It's like <laughs> class 16 is in people. <laughs> yeah. And they can kind of time the classes for you. All, all of the above to figure out where you're at. And I, I think those, those texts uh, via app or show management, whatever it may be, they make it easier for the exhibitors. I think they make, they allow the show to run much more efficiently because everybody is, is updated. And, and I understand sometimes we make those announcements and even, even then, if you can hear it decent, sometimes you're going to miss them. And I, I can't tell you how many times, and I'm, I'm always in a panic about getting that, that animal up to the ring and I don't want them rushed getting there. I'm a big fan of getting up there just a little bit early rather than walking up as, as you go in the, go into the ring just to help with the efficiency, help my help calm me down. Yeah, I, I don't the the running to the ring at the last minute does not work for me. It just does not. And and you can ask anybody that has ever fit on an animal of mine. I will literally be. Yeah, we need to go. We need to go. We need to go from the time that they start fitting. Even though yes. I know we don't need to go, I'm like, we need to go now. Let's go. Come on. Because I'm I'm exactly on the same page, and I promise you that my daughter's Tara. Katie and our manager, Craig, they get tired of me telling them we've got to. And they all get tired of me too, but we aren't late to the ring. And no, it, even, even when I'm saying that sometimes we're, we're pushing the limit and, but we aren't late to the ring. And I, I know because fitting is a tedious, very technical, very fine 
point job, they could sit there on that animal another hour and find another little hair to clip or so whatever, all this other stuff. So if you don't have that annoying bitch person, excuse me, going, we need to go, we need to go, then they're just going to sit back there till you literally pull the animal out of the chute. I mean, that has been my experience until someone rips that animal out of the chute. They're never going to be done, especially if they're very, very good at it. Because again, they can always find something. So uh, I, I am always the designated person to be mean and to be the jackass at the shoot. So, and I wear it with a badge of honor. I'm fine with it. it and that that advantage you're getting by making it just a little bit different or a little bit more perfect is outweighed by getting there in time and letting that showman relax. Getting or the missing animal. the class. Yes, you know, all of, all of those <laughs> I mean, things. All all of those things. But it it is uh, a challenge. Yeah. And you brought up a very valid point, and I think this is probably not done by nearly enough people. Timing the judge. You go up there, they start at 8 o'clock, class 1 is done at 8.11. You figure out how many animals it was, and then you know how many how how long that judge is taking per animal. And don't just do it off one class. Do it off three or four, whatever you've got time to watch so you can get a much better accurate because a lot of times a judge is nervous in the first class. They may take longer. They may go quicker, whatever. But when they settle into their groove, that's when you really need to know how long he or she is taking on each animal again so you can judge when you need to get yours up, when you need to get yours fed, how long it's going to take you. If you will time the judge, and again, I, I think at the beginning, probably going to be a little off, but if you wait just a little bit uh, till they've settled in on their routine, that is a very, very valuable thing. And I, I, I tell people this sometimes, Dale, and they look at me like I'm talking Egyptian. <laughs> I, I get it, and... and- and, and, and it just is. And, and I, I know that we always assume all judges are going to be the same speed and, and they just aren't. And, and they are not just as they bad. Ryan, Ryan and I are real bad about let's go, let's go, let's go, let's get them ready. Let's get to the ring. Be careful because I, I work with some families that are even more so than me wanting to have them ready and, and going. There is such a thing as getting them up and getting them ready too early. And, and this whole timing, the judge whether it's per class, if the classes are of similar size or per animal or however you want to do it, at least get a ballpark idea so you can calculate where you're at and know just how long it's going to take you to, to get that animal's legs washed or washed into the stand, blown out, fit, all of those. Have have, have all that ahead of time so we're not just guessing. Um, but I, I do want to caution people, let's not get them in the chute or up on the stand too early. We, we don't want to get them irritated, tired, cramped up, whatever that may be on a negative standpoint. No, I, I think that is just as bad as being missing the class is getting them up too early and having them stand too long and all this other stuff. That's just, that's as negative for how you're going to end up in the show as if you don't get to go into the show because you're late. So yeah, that's a very valid point, but it, I want to like touch on something that you said that all judges don't go the same speed and they do not, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not, do not. They do not. And some are super fast. Some are super slow. And then there are some that are right there in the middle or whatever, but you, you have 
to know those things. And I'm also going to be honest with you. A lot of timing the judges also goes into the fact how long it takes for people to get classes in and out of the arena. Uh, there, there have been shows that I have judged that everybody knows I'm super quick. But again, if we're waiting five to ten minutes between each class before we get the next set in there, it doesn't matter how fast you are. So that is part in timing the judge as well because you have to know how efficiently those classes are coming in and out of the ring. And so it's just super, super important information to have, in my honest opinion. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we forget about that, that getting in and out of the ring, getting them checked in. And I want to give a shout out. I don't even, I apologize. I don't, don't have his name, but the gentleman that was checking in goats at Kansas city. Remember we talked about a lot of those people are a little bit unfriendly sometimes. Mm-hmm. Others are maybe a little lax and don't get them up to the ring. This, this young man did a nice job, Ryan. He was pleasant to those exhibitors. He got them in, was professional about it. And and that makes a big difference. That person right there sometimes dictates how long that show is going to take more than the judge does. Oh, I think probably more. <laughs> and, and that, that's just, just, just the reality of it. And I, I think that that is obviously important. And while we're on, on that topic about timing shows don't always do this, but please, as soon as you know, if you're going to break for between breeds or between divisions or for lunch or whatever it may be, announce that as soon as you possibly can. So they can calculate in. I can't tell you how many times I've seen animals up on the stand, 90% fit. And all of a sudden they decide, oh, we're going to take a lunch break now. And that animal is, what What do you do? You don't have time to go break down. You don't want to keep them on the stand until lunch is over. That That's an issue. So show managers do, do your part on, on announcing those things. And some judges are going to want lunch. Sometimes the show's not, not going along quick enough that we need to maybe skip lunch. There's a lot of things that come into play on whether you are going to or not going to take a break. And it doesn't matter to the exhibitors as much as it matters. Let them know so they can time things correctly. Yes. And we've said this a thousand times and I'm going to say it a thousand more times and none of you people listen. And I wish you would, because you would be so much better off. Take your child up there and go watch the class. Just, just <laughs> do it. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm not, I refuse to talk about that anymore. It does not work. <laughs> The more we talk That's, about it, the least it ha- less it happens. I'm not trying to be mean, and I'm not trying to be rude, and I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. But I can't tell you how bad it looks when your kid or a kid, a exhibitor, has no idea where they're going, where they're supposed to be, any of that. And, and it happens multiple times at every show I judge. And it is the simplest fix in the world. Just take them up there, watch a class or two. It'd be five, 10 minutes of your time. And it will be the best five, 10 minutes of your time utilized at that show. Because when that child goes in there, they will know, okay, I'm supposed to go over here, walk this way, set up here. Then we're going to go around to this deal. And this is how we're going to set up. And the judge is either pulling last to first or first to last. And that's where I head out and all this other stuff. I'm telling you, it matters on multiple levels because 
even though I will probably, or maybe Dale will be the only people that tell you the truth on this, no one wants to use the kid that doesn't know what's going on to win. No, no one. I'm, and I'm not going to hide that fact at all. How many times have, and sometimes these are the, the kids that are first in the ring because they were lined up that way or whatever. How many times are you standing out in the ring, Ryan? And here comes a child into the ring with that blank stare looking class at you like, what, what, class, what do I do? After class, after class, after class. And, and, it, and whether you want to use them or not, subconsciously, it's going to hurt that person, period. It, and it I, just, I don't even, I'm, not, I'm even going to go beyond that. I don't, even, I don't even try to put it in my subconscious. I just give it a chance. No, if, if it's close and usually there's, there's always a right and wrong and I will always follow that. But if it's an absolute tie between two of them, the kid that knows what they're doing in the ring and has paid attention is going to get it every single time. Oh, it, it just is what it is. And it, this is the simplest fix in the world. And so I do not understand why people don't do this. It, it just baffles me. Again, we show it every open show in the country every single year. And normally those shows, the lineup is the exact same. And I still, to this day, go and watch to make sure that it is exactly like it has been done for whatever. Just because, just because. And some people pull first to last, some people pull last to first. If you don't know, it's just, oh, I'm going to shut up. Go take your (laughs) kid up there, watch a damn class. So you aren't the person and your kid isn't the person that doesn't know what's going on. That's very simple. I have several questions for you to prove a point, if you don't mind. Go right ahead. And we're going to, and this is going to address goat, sheep, and and pigs, maybe more than cattle, but it applies, uh, I guess it can can apply to all of them, but more so goat, sheep, and pigs. So Ryan, how many, how many goats, sheep, and pigs do you think get out of their pens at night? Escape, let loose, whatever. At a show? At a show. Lots. Okay, Kansas City this year. I we I get there fairly. Like you early think I'm to, joking? I'm not lost. No, I, I've no. slept in. I've slept in a number of show barns over the year. Not slept, but watched animals. You would be surprised how many get out. I'm I'm not sure that I've ever been to a show where some did not escape every single night. And that seems crazy. oh, it happens at every show. So we we show up at Kansas City show day morning, and there's three practice scales, I believe, and I go to get on one of the practice scales that I thought was the most closely attuned with the the scale in the ring and there's two lambs in it how did these two lambs unattended what what are they doing in there you think they probably got loose and someone put them in there so they wouldn't be wandering around everywhere exactly i mean exactly i can i can think of every show that i've been to if i get there early in the morning there's animals running around free grazing on whosoever feed is out it's a mess it just it just is so how many people are in the barns late at night doing more than drenching sometimes right you we don't we we don't need okay to talk just about answer that. are there people yes at every okay show. how many people walking through the barns that are disrupting the animals' sleep pattern we've talked about the, even the drunk people after the rodeos have we not no that happens at every show yeah yep so yep. so there is and I'm not saying it's a complete fix but there is a simple fix that allows you to check your stock twenty four seven oh god the cameras and record everything that happens. And I should have not introduced you to this because you became addicted. I believe last yeah, time. It's, it's not good for me. It's not good for me. It's so very bad. Very bad. What, I, what I what I'm getting at, people, I, I don't understand. And again, I'm I'm crazy. I'm not going to hide it. I I think differently than most. I'm anal about certain things and maybe care less about others. But it is 
so simple for me to see the value in a, a very inexpensive ring camera that you can set up to, to put on your pins to make sure that everything's okay at two in the morning or midnight or whatever that is. I think about all the time, all the preparation that goes into that. And then we walk away from our animals and, and I know they're in a pin and nothing should happen, but it there's does. a percentage that that's going to, and it may be accidental. Maybe the animal's fault, maybe somebody else's fault or somebody else is stirring with them, whatever, whatever that may be, we can at least check on those and, and go out to the barn if we need to, if we've got one of them's head stuck in a gate or we notice there's another goat or lamb or pig that's out and it's in front of our pen, keeping ours up. There's so many things that you can adjust by being able to look at your stock 24 seven and they as aren't long expensive. As you have someone like me that will stay up to all yes. the insane hours of the night and text down and be like, excuse me. Yeah, yep. I believe person. I you're believe in we're, we are not going to mention the show, but there there were children swinging on the gates or something that oh. were really that was getting to you. It, it was not good. It was not good. And then yes, so and then you busted my camera and couldn't get it back online. And then I was very concerned. Did, did, yeah, <laughs> it, it was. Did it I was tell you what happened there? My Somebody my ignorance. The cord out or something. I I, I did not protect the cord. From a goat that was able to choose. You did not tell me, but Craig told me, and Craig was very unhappy. Yeah, he, he had a patch. He was enjoying the fact that I was on the guard duty the most. I was on so it. So that, was, so that same ring camera, you can even use them when you get home. Guess what it's being used for now? I uh, have no idea. It is on a pregnant border collie that is <laughs> soon to give birth to the very first bush dogs. Oh, the geez. new generation of stock dogs. Yes. Okay. Love Which that. I will have puppies available in case anybody's interested. Here, <sighs> Shameless plugs again. Um. <laughs> but I, I do. I, I wake up every hour at night and rather than walking to wherever this dog is, it's actually in our garage at this point. I just pick up my phone. And I check the camera. And if I didn't do that, I would wake up and walk out there to check on or just we'll put it in the kidding barn. I mean, they're just very, they're simple. I mean, people have been using barn cameras for years. I guess back to my point, and I apologize, I get off track terribly. It just seems so simple, and it's not that expensive to give yourself a peace of mind to to make sure nothing goes wrong or to at least record something that goes wrong or try to get out there and, and fix something that's going wrong. It just seems very simple to me, and I, I don't think there's a lot of people that are using these ring cameras, but I promise you if there's a dozen of those ring cameras in the barn at night from different families – not only is it going to be checking on on your animals, but you you darn sure have a pretty wide vision. And people that are out there late at night that maybe are doing things they shouldn't, they're probably going to have to work a little harder at it, or or question whether they should be out there at all. So there's a lot of reasons to have them. Picking back up here, we fit our animal. We're about to go to the ring. I think a lot of people do this, but and I see it a lot. But I I just want to put it out there: get a water bucket or a bucket of some kind, feed bucket, whatever. And get all the supplies that you think that you need to have in case you got to do a touch-up, whatever, paint, glue, scissors, clippers, whatever it is. Put those in a bucket so you can carry that with you to the ring. Because, again, a lot of times when you're walking in the ring, something may crash into you, all this other stuff. You may find that hair that you didn't find in the trim chute or the stand or whatever. Just have all that stuff up there with you so when this happens, this instant, you don't have to run all the way back to the stall and get it 
to fix it. And again, you just leave it up there with you at the ring. Super easy, super simple, common sense thing. And a lot of people do that, but I just wanted to put that out there. I think that's a good idea. And remember to take it back with you and don't leave it at the ring and lose it. Yeah. And Dale will probably have a lecture on this, but the last thing that we do before we head to the ring every single time is we let like, and this is another reason why I'm screaming, we need to go, we need to go, we need to go, we need to go, is I want to give that time, animal time to drink water if they want to. Even if it's just a little. Just offer the animal water before you go to the ring. And sometimes they will and sometimes they won't. But again, you got to have enough time where they can, you know, lick around on it, all this other stuff, and decide if they want it. It can't be like a 30-second deal. But uh, I, I do think it is important to always offer that animal water right before you head to the ring. Nope, I, I agree with that. And, and the only only exception is some people are pushing the weight card pretty hard. We have to right. be a little bit careful on, the, on, on, on that. But in general, they're going to, there's almost no situation where they're not going to look better with some more water in them. Very, right. very seldom. Uh, and the, these next, or two of the next three are kind of like some of my pet peeves. But... Uh, You've already had some pet peeves. No, not this one, but the next two are really big pet peeves of mine. But anyway, Dale, would you agree with me that most people, or or a lot of people that do this, they show the same breed, whether it be Durox or Dorper or whatever, but a lot of them stick to one breed at a show? Yes. Okay. That's simple enough. Right. So if you know that you have multiple animals in a breed and maybe it's not in the same or in, even if you have one have two in the same class that happens sometimes before we get up there let's find somebody and say hey do you have a chester white hug <laughs> and they say no i do not have a chester white hug. if i need you could you help me show have that lined out already because again trying to find somebody up at the ring very very hard to do because everybody at the ring has probably got an animal showing. And that is just something simple. Again, maybe you don't need that person. Maybe you won't do as well as you expected, all this other stuff. But in case you need somebody. Some think that's bad karma, predicting that ahead of time. Yeah, Callie, I understand. And you can always say, I may not need you, but if I do, can I almost, Almost, almost arrogant. Oh, my God. It's not arrogant if you got two in the same class. <laughs> Fair enough. And and I, I do agree with that. And and we seem to scramble sometimes with, with just that because we're, we're maybe not prepared or, or the person we had in mind maybe has something out there in division or the drive or, or whatever it may be. But the more forward thinking on that and preparation, the better without coming across like we are going to win every class and every division. So we need everybody in the barn showing for us. <laughs> I get it. Uh, Now, this is a huge pet peeve of mine, and I'm not going to lie. And I don't understand why you people do this. It makes no sense to me. It drives me crazy. I I could be violent. (laughs) Dale, why is it that when we're we're leaving the class, why does every daddy, every fitter, every everything decide that they're going to halter said child's animal 
at the exit gate and block everybody else from getting out, allowing that class and those animals to get out and the thing to be cleared so the next class can come in. Why do they do this? Why? We are talking I about cattle. I want to cattle. know why. We are, we are talking no, about cattle. No, sheep, goats, all of them. Oh, no. I don't see it as much. Yes, as yes, yes, yes. It happened every class this past weekend. No, don't even start with me. Where mm-hmm. were you? It does not matter. <laughs> and this isn't oh, show management. Fault. I see. I don't. I do I don't not understand why the hell people think they need to do this right there. Pull your animal off to the side and then halter it. It drives me insane. Yeah, but I yes, have no cattle people do it more than anybody else, but sheep and goat people do it too. Yeah, we don't need to inhibit. The do you flow. not think that's just inconsiderate? I think it is. Yes. I mean, you can pull off to the side. It's not a few more steps. I mean, I I just do not get it. And I I, I do not understand how they do not see how that is literally blocking the flow of everything from that. And it does not. And it is not just one person class. It's multiple people in class. I, I, drives me insane. See, I don't, I don't notice it as much as you do. I, I just have to be. I, I am sure the reason you don't know the happening. reason I, I'm gonna tell you why you don't notice it as much as I do because you are looking at the animals while you're talking to them, and I'm looking at the crowd, <laughs> and normally it's at the exigate, and I'm seeing all this shit That's go very down. Possible, yes, that is likely. I, I, I will only notice if it's disrupting, and and sometimes it has been, but to me, only in the cattle. It, it, it bothers me. Okay, keep going. And you're going to have a hard time getting through all these. With no, I, I'm on my upset. last one. Uh, I, I'm on my last one. But that, that that is something that y'all really don't need to do. It, it's bad. Uh, the other thing, and this is another pet peeve of mine. And again, I, I don't understand why y'all do this either. But when you're first or second in a class, don't go back to the stall. Be right there. Ready to go in the pre-champion drive or in the division champion drive. Do not take your animal back to the stall and then be like, okay, we're going to do that. I mean, unless, you know, you're class two of 12 in, you know, crossbred sheep or something and you've got time. But otherwise, don't. Do not. Stay there. Be ready. Because the if you have won a class, the last thing you want a judge to see is or hear is, well, uh, class six, first place isn't up here or whatever. That, that's going to put a very bad taste in that judge's mouth that you won a class and you're not ready for the breed or the division champion drive. And again, you've got your little bucket of supplies. There's no reason for you to traipse all the way back to your stall. Just stay there and be ready. Efficiency, flow. It, Dale, you have Manners. to admit, you have been in a situation where you're a judge and a class winner wasn't there and it pissed you off. I, I would say that it, it's irritating. Yes. That, that okay. We, we same have all, thing. It's not, it's not fair to the other exhibitors are all out there. It just, it just, it doesn't work. If we can all come in, we're not waiting on them. What, what gets me. And, and again, and I, and I can blame it on the exhibitors. I can blame it on the show management. I mean, you can put responsibility on a lot of things and it's, it's not easy to do. I can't tell you how much I appreciate when I'm at a show. And as soon as I get done discussing that class and they're out the gate, the next class is ready to come in. What wears on me is that five minutes, sometimes 10 minutes, sometimes even longer, that you're waiting to let the next class in. I go crazy 
in that downtime. I'm thinking about everything. It is not good. And, and I shouldn't, I should just breathe and relax and realize it is what it is. And, and I, I do understand that things happen. Sometimes the, the microphone system or whatever, it's just, it's just not going to flow as well as it does. Maybe there's not enough people that volunteered and thank you to those that, that do to, to try to help things move efficiently. But but that that downtime wears wears on me probably as much as anything when, when I'm judging a show. There you go again. And some of y'all are gonna think that this is the stupidest episode either ever because you do all these things or you know about all these things. But again, I just thought it was a valid reason to remind people that sometimes we don't do the common sense things at shows, and these are things that came to my mind. Very sensible, easy to things that don't take a great deal of time, effort, or energy, and not only make your experience, your animals' experience, your kids' experience better at the show, but everyone's experience better at the show. So there you go. Absolutely, I think it was good. I, I like this, and and I um did not do part three of Home Livestock this week. No, obviously. I told y'all, I told y'all, I told y'all, 2025, January 2025. It is scheduled. It is scheduled for next week in the conference. How is it scheduled for next week? I discussed it with our project leader on our Argentina cattle project. uh He is, he was flying today here, here to come do some flush work for us from Canada. But once he gets back home, he can try to schedule, we can try to schedule around him and it'll be. You're going to enjoy her, Nan. I'm going to explain something to you. On Sunday, I'm judging at the Mid-American. On Monday, you have a 1,000 children going to be at your house. On Tuesday, we have another 1,000 children that are going to be at your house. Wednesday, we're doing a coach's whatever, livestock judging coach's Clinic for the National clinic, FFA. Clinic at the National FFA Convention. So I'm glad that you got this guy scheduled out. Well, it's going to have to. Let's like, hope Clifton is not li- not listening, but it's going to have to be Thursday, I think. Wednesday night? No, Thursday. I'm flying home from that, so it's going to be Wednesday night. But anyway, yeah. Anyway. Oh, that's that's painful. Yeah. I, no, you're right. I did not think about the schedule. Yeah. So when he's not on here next week. <laughs> when the little no, Colombian we're gonna make it. We're going to make it work. Canadian, I don't even. I, I thought he was. I thought he was Venezuelan at one point. But anyway, when he's not <laughs> on here, just remember I said January twenty twenty five. Voodoo no, Angus. We, we're gonna. Humble we're gonna get. Angus. We're gonna get this done for various reasons. I actually have a couple animals selling here next month, <laughs> so we have to do it before that. Shameless plug again. <laughs> yes, I didn't say where or anything like that, but there <laughs> may be a couple females. Okay. And after answer. after you show up and look at these donors that we have on on farm, oh, you're gonna want you're gonna you're gonna want one. Uh huh. Jessica okay. Rabbit looks amazing. There Nursing twin bull calves. Twin bull calves. Yeah, uh-huh. the, the twin bull calves on a first calf heifer, they they <laughs> they look fine, but maybe not as bloomy as you would like. Well, we're moving on to question and answer, and I would like to thank Basic Animal Health for bringing this portion of the podcast to all of our listeners. Basic Animal Health is dedicated to providing natural solutions for your animals' needs. Their current three products are Gut Health, Show Focus, and Trailer Ride. If you go to www.basicanimalhealth.com, and when you purchase their products, use the at checkout, use the code BTRJLA. We will get a portion of the proceeds from that purchase to help 
with BTRJLA Awards. And again, Tiffany, I I say it every week, but I appreciate the text that you sent last week saying that they need to use the code more often because I agree. So thank you to the Leonard family, Basic Animal Health. The first question. And two of these three questions, I think we maybe already kind of addressed. Oh, God. I should have I should have adjusted as as we go, but you, there's something that I wanted to bring to your attention before we started that I forgot. When I go to Beyond the Ring messages on Facebook, guess nine out of ten messages are now on BTRJLA. Yes, yeah, they're in the wrong place. No, no, I apologize. On just the Beyond the Ring educational podcast Facebook page. Nine out of ten messages are now you have been you have violated something. Your page. Oh yeah, what is down. all that? I don't. Even it's just know what scam that is. trying to get you to click on their link so they can get into your computer. I, I I don't I don't understand it completely, but they've completely taken over Messenger on Facebook. Yes. So I have to dig through a lot of them even to, even to find questions because there's so much of the the spam. Your page is getting shut down and and all the above. We have enough problems with it really getting shut down. We don't need the. The, the scammers to be bothering us with it. You ain't wrong. Okay. So the first one comes from Dan. I love the podcast. I'm an ag teacher and plan to bring my students to the Hummel Livestock Tour on the 31st, not the 30th, Ryan, the 31st. That is the mm-hmm. day you will be here. Yeah. I heard that Ryan and Dale may be available for podcast questions. Selfies, autographs, about that. <laughs> anything, basically available to take questions. Take a picture, give an autograph, any anything and everything podcast related. Will this be all day? Question mark. I want to make no. sure we are there when this is available. So it's no. a good thing I brought this up because I would have Not answered. It is no. all day. You will be no. here all day. No, yes. no, no, no. I told you. To 530. Eight. Yes. That is not all day because I got well, to get that, back we, to the that, Indianapolis. That'll get us- I got to get back to the Indianapolis of it all and have my Halloween. So yeah, no. Got it. But you're you can go on record, eight o'clock to five thirty. Uh huh. Yep. Okay. Fair enough. That that is not and and there will be some that show up later. the The number of kids that are coming through that day will be overwhelming, and it looks like the weather is going to get a little chilly that day. So it's going to be challenging getting that many many kids through. But we're excited to have FFA chapters come through and we'll, we'll talk about the exotic cats, the goats, the cattle, the podcast, pretty, anything you want to maybe talk about a kangaroo or the new bush dog puppies that will be on the ground. I am going to be very busy. I can't answer anything. I'm going to be very busy with the kangaroo and the kitty cats. So And the puppies. Guys. And the new puppies. No, I don't like the puppies. But anyway. <laughs> the next question comes from Jonathan. Ryan, you have used more minor breeds in cattle and hogs than most judges. That's because we don't have breeds in goats or you would. And sheep. <laughs> I don't, I'm, I assume you do, but I'm not aware. Please yes. share your mindset as few are willing to reach out when there are solid representatives of the major breeds at the show. Fair question. Yeah. Really good question too. And again, uh, it is very simple for me when I pick a Supreme of any species uh, breeding or market, there are three criteria that I assess. One is which one looks the very best that day. One, which one would I take home and show and think I could do the most winning with. But also the third criteria and probably the most important to me, which one of those animals would be the most competitive at a national or international type show 
amongst their contemporaries within their breed. Because again, if and not everybody has that same philosophy, and that's fine. And that's why a lot of times crossbreds or win a lot. And that's cool because that's what they want to do. But me, I, I think it is important to recognize and to see that, you know what, this Red Angus heifer is going to be way more competitive at the Junior National Red Angus show than maybe that Simmental heifer that won the semis is going to be. And so that that is something that I take very, very seriously. And that's why Berkshires and Darpers and whatever and Mini Herefords and all these things can win and have a shot under me because that is one of the three things that I consider when picking a spring. Excellent answer. The next one, I think we've, I don't know that we answered it directly, but we did talk about, and you had no idea what these questions were going to be, but I think we still went down that path. This one comes from Joan, Dale and Ryan. I'm a longtime listener and enjoy your current events equally as much as the livestock information. What are your thoughts? (laughs) What are your thoughts on RFK running as an independent? Does the issue with the house speaker not being filled along with the mess in the White House, open the door for an actual third-party candidate. Oh, I said months ago, but I mean, months ago, I said that if there was ever a time for a third-party candidate to shake things up or maybe get elected, this would be the deal. Because again, there is a portion of the population that are never going to vote for Trump. And Biden is an absolute joke. Uh, and if he stays the nominee... Uh, which I I still hesitant to say that he will, but I do, again I, I say he will not. And they're getting, to, but it's getting to the point in the game that that decision's got to come out because there have already been states that you had to be on, you had to fill out your form and have it submitted to be on the ballot by now. I and see, so, I wasn't aware we passed some of those dates, yeah. didn't we? So ah, then then again, I've got to be careful with that prediction. I I predicted the same thing, Dale, but I'm just telling you, and then again, I've explained this to Dale too, no matter what they do, the primaries and all these things are good and they happen, but when you get to these, the Republican and the Democratic National Convention, basically anything can damn happen. And so Biden may win the nomination and maybe when they get before the convention, he pulls out and they, they have an open convention and elect whoever the hell they want to. I don't know. But uh, and there, I, I do. We, so you're talking about deadlines for the primary. Yes, deadlines for the primary. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so those are passing and going to continue to pass. And he's still the one up there. So I don't know. But I, I do think that RFK was smart to pull out of the Democratic deal and run as an independent because I think that's his best chance because the Democrats were either going to shoot him or never give him any traction. And so, yeah, I I think he's, I mean, I gave you the poll numbers earlier as the first poll I saw in a three-way race, and he's not sucking currently, Uh, I I think, and we talked about the mess with Speaker, the Republicans look like buffoons, and Biden and the Democrats are idiots. They don't even know what they that that whole administration. It doesn't matter what the topic is, but just like on Israel, we stand with Israel. Ceasefire. I mean, one hand doesn't know what the other hand is doing, and they talk out of both sides of their mouth. So yeah, I, I think 
if they actually had debates and it was Biden or whoever and RFK and Trump and everybody participated, I think RFK would even get more percentage. I think, I think if he could get in, if they had, and they aren't going to, if they had debates and if he had a war chest in terms of campaign dollars equal to the other two or more, I not only think he could get some traction, I think he could get elected. There, there are enough people that are not going to vote for Joe. And there are a large portion of the population that will not vote for Trump, period. I don't think there's very many people that refuse to vote for RFK. Partially because they don't know him and don't have a prejudice against him. But I, I think he's, he's in the, close enough to, the moder- to a moderate or in the center of things. He's not going to offend near as many. He's not as polarizing. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree completely. So, yeah. So, I, and you I made think the key. You made the comment about the right, the White House, the right hand, not knowing what the left hand's doing. It's it's shocking to me that it becomes more and more clear. And I hope the populace out there sees this. And I'm, I don't watch the left side of the media at all, so I'm sure they cover it up. But does it not? Is it not clear to you, Ryan, that Joe's? I mean, we've always made fun of his cognitive abilities and so forth. But I think what's been exposed more as of recent and maybe just compounding, he he is not in charge. He he doesn't pretend to be in charge. He says, oh, I'm sorry, they're going to yell at me or uh, I yeah. didn't do this no, or I, I apologize mean- or they told me to do this. He is he is not. He doesn't make a decision on a single thing, not just major policy. He doesn't decide if he's going to eat lunch or not. He doesn't decide if. He's gonna gonna walk to the podium and and say good morning or hello. He doesn't decide anything. No, he's he's completely told what to do. And if I'm just being super honest, it, it's not that just you and I and the American people see this. The whole world sees yes. that, and that's why we are on the brink of World War Three. And it portrays weakness at every level: confusion, weakness, embarrassment on on the world stage, and not. And not so much just that we're embarrassed to have a president that's has no cognitive ability. This has serious ramifications. Just like in the beginning of current events, Ryan talked about we're on the verge of World War III. Again, I said I think we're already in it. It's just not being fought in a conventional manner. And I think a large part of the reason is who's in charge and they're doing nothing to combat such in any manner. Sad. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Well, Ryan, this was good. I, I love anytime we want to talk about common sense. I'm I'm all in. I appreciate the topic, title, and the content. I think it's good. I hope I hope the listeners enjoy it. Until next week, be safe. Y'all come back now. You hear?